Hi there, welcome to the Isogo TV podcast from isogostrong.com. I am your host, Becky Hammond, and you and I gather here on this podcast to fixate on strength in our families and on our teams. Because when we start from assuming strength, we can make relationships easier. This is episode 116. In some way, your life today does not look like the life that you led just a couple months ago. Let's call that pre-virus. I know mine doesn't. And at this point, that change and stress and uncertainty is kind of starting to leak into our lives like a new normal. But it's far from the life and work that we expected to be living this year. Here on the podcast, we are now well into a series about strengths in crisis. Perhaps more than any other series, the conversations that we're having here, they seem to be connecting with people. That's what many of you have reached out and said. Thank you for that. The vulnerability and the authenticity of our guests, them being willing to share their experiences and reflections and next steps, it's inspiring and it's resonating. It's resonating with me and with you because this is a global experience and crisis that in many ways we're navigating together, yet also kind of alone. So that's the goal as we continue, to continue to help each other by sharing experiences, tools, perspectives that keep our strengths at the forefront of our families and teams so that we have the best chance of thriving, even in crisis. Today's guest works day in and day out in an industry that's at the top of all of our minds right now, healthcare. Dr. Patricia Beals serves kids and families in her work as the director of the Barrow Cleft and Craniofacial Center at Dignity Health in Phoenix, Arizona. And as she shares today, life as a healthcare provider has been life-alteringly affected. She and her team are still going in to serve patients with the highest needs. And then they're figuring out other ways to creatively reach the rest and help put the families at ease. Dr. Beal shares today about the strengths that she typically calls upon and how those are not necessarily the ones that she relied most heavily upon pre-crisis world. Not only is Dr. Beal and her amazing team one of my favorite clients, she and I also share another special connection. Let's dive in with Dr. Patricia Beals. All right. Well, everyone, welcome uh, to the Soga TV podcast. I am today with Patricia Beals, and um, Patricia and I have a, lo- a pretty long history, actually. Um, she's going to tell you a bit about her <laughs> role in the medical field, um, and she and I got to work together. Uh, got to to work with her team of um, practitioners as well as support staff and um, uh, helping them understand who they are through their strengths and hopefully work better together. We worked on a couple of different occasions. And this was many years ago uh, before she married my dad. <laughs> and so now we're even more closely related <laughs> um, where uh, uh, three years ago, I think, or two, it, yeah, we're coming up on that, right? Coming up on three years ago, um, I got to have Patricia yeah. as my stepmom as well. So um, she can tell you a little bit about that as well as we go forward. So um, Patricia, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that we get to chat um, here informally about your strengths and about what what is happening in your role um, in the medical field. So 
Um, why don't you just give us uh, a little glimpse about who you are and what your life was like before the coronavirus hit? Sure, I'm happy to. Thanks, Becky, and thanks for thinking that my story may be of interest uh, or help to others. So as Becky mentioned, I'm Patricia Beals. Um, I'm a craniofacial orthodontist, serve as medical director to the Barrow Clefting Craniofacial Center, and I'm also president uh, of the American Cleft Palate and Craniofacial Association. So prior to this pandemic, I was working full-time, taking care of the orthodontic needs of patients with cleft lip and palate, and we're preparing for summer, which is a time when patients are commonly having surgery, so it's a very busy time. So we're getting them ready for something that they've very much been looking forward to, but also that they could be quite fearful about. And we're also preparing ourselves for our busiest time of year. Concurrently, I was leading the National Association, and we're preparing for our annual meeting, which would have been at the end of March in Portland, Oregon. So we're on pace for record-setting attendance and wow. meeting cancellation. Oh, we'll come back to that. But um, <laughs> I'm married to Stephen, uh, Becky's father, and he's my husband of almost three years, and he's a surgeon. And he's the founder of the Barrow Cleft and Craniofacial Center. So he also was preparing for his busiest surgical season. Together, we have five adult children. I have two sons, uh, both unmarried. Stephen has three daughters, all of which are married. And amongst them, there are nine grandchildren. And many of them live in Arizona. So before the coronavirus restrictions, we had both a busy professional life as well as a busy family life. Yes, I can vouch for that. Um, I contribute uh, over half of those <laughs> extra feet that you have prancing around your beautiful house. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so we're currently, I don't know, four, maybe almost five, actually, by the time this airs, definitely five months into um, what's become really started off as this thing that was happening somewhere else and slowly crept onto our borders and now really has become um, not just an American crisis, of course, but a global crisis where people's lives are just really dramatically impacted. Um, so give us a glimpse. I mean, you're in healthcare. Uh, this is the, you are one of the people that we, um, you know, are are supporting on social media. We're saying thank you so much for serving us. Um, what, give us a glimpse into how your life has been impacted. You know, what's different about your overall life or your daily routine? Sure. So big changes and adjustments for sure. Uh, just to go back to my introductory information, we did cancel our record setting meeting and the board of directors and I stressed and continue to stress over how to financially cover those losses. Um, because that meeting was canceled and I was scheduled to be away, I didn't have any patients in the schedule. So mm. I was able to stay home for 10 days. Um, while I was there, I participated in the daily work huddle, mm. in the coronavirus updates by Zoom. And then slowly we started to schedule select patients to follow them uh, with Zoom. All of the orthodontic patients were canceled. And we continue to try to figure out what will happen to all of the surgeries that mm. were scheduled. Currently, as probably everybody knows, mm. um, elective surgeries across the country uh, are on hold. 
um, and they were mandated uh, to be canceled by the state of Arizona. So work life is very, very different. Mm. Uh, there are no patients. Um, we have our temperatures taken when we walk in the door. We have a mask mm. on. All the doors are propped open. We don't touch any doors. Mm. Uh, we go directly to our offices. Actually, we don't. We go directly to the sink. We wash our hands. We go to our mm. offices. We get out. Clorox wipes, we wipe down our units, and so forth and so on. Mm. My home life has also changed considerably. So I'm working from home some days, but my mm. husband's working from home <laughs> all the days. <laughs> and we're taking the distancing restrictions seriously. Mm. Uh, we're cooking at home, which is a change for us because we were used to going out most nights. And we are very fortunate to have friends and family who've been shopping for us. So mm. we've been able to avoid most outings. Uh, we happen to be in that high risk age group. I would so never ever really get kind. that, so. <laughs> <laughs> so true. They've been really kind and we've been able to stay home. And like most other families, we only see our families online. We go to mm. church online, mm. we shop online. Mm. Yeah, this is very dramatic differences, um, you know, and you have, you as the director of this program are kind of responsible also not just for your own well-being, but also the well-being of your team and trying to help keep them employed and trying to keep their higher risk family members from getting sick. Um, you know, what additional stress do you feel as a result of uh, of your position and a result of what's kind of happening in the world? Well, initially, I worried about the health of everybody, all of my mm. family members, all of the staff, all my colleagues, and I've moved on a little bit from that. And we've made, um, we've made some serious adjustments and changes uh, that have helped me to come to grips with that. Uh, we've moved some of the people who have high-risk family members uh, to their mm. homes um, mm. uh, so that they can work from home. So I, I feel better about the, the health risk associated with this. Mm. And lately I'm more concerned about the financial impact yeah. of this season, not just on ourselves, but our families, our friends, our colleagues. You know, for us personally, you know, we were talking about retiring yeah. we figure we could retire at any time that we chose to um, but mm. I don't think that's on the table now uh, so the ripple effect of all of this is quite significant for everybody yeah. this is the first time in my life I've ever worried about whether I'll have a job mm. uh, I worry about my staff and whether they'll have a job yeah. and I stress over the long recovery that is mm it's clear at this point that it will be long and it will be experienced by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the long game, I think when, I, when all this first, first started happening, especially now, I, you know, however many were a couple of months into the real impact in Arizona, the real impact um, as, as a country, it kind of felt like, okay, well, two weeks, we can, and we can do anything for two weeks and then we'll be fine. But exactly. really, it's getting, it seems like the, it's getting longer and longer. Um, the more we, 
we know about it, more we know about how effective distancing really is um, and how much we have we would right. be exposing ourselves by going back. So who knows, um, even by the time that this conversation is going live, exactly what has happened um, and changes. But certainly we, it feels like there's a weight of this is, this is going to go on for a while. And can we, from a financial perspective as families yes. or as a nation, really handle this? There's definitely, there's reports, uh, recent reports that social distancing is expected to go into 2022 in some form. Uh, and so, like you said, remember, we all looked at each other and said, okay, we'll quarantine for 14 days. And <laughs> you went your way with your family, your dad and I stayed here. We all quarantined for 14 days. And then we realized, you know, at some point, no. we all have to go to the store, we have to go do whatever. And so now we have to figure out a way to live and still reap the benefits of social distancing. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's, almost, it's kind of hard to even imagine what that's, what that's going to look like. Um, within all of this, I know, um, you know, I'm going to give a little, everyone a little preview of your strengths, but you have a, a positive outlook on life. I know that there's a, a way that you have been kind of sorting through it all and finding the benefits. Uh, what have benefits have you experienced because of this t trying time? Well, I've had time to slow down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I used to see 50 or so patients a day and now I see none. So <laughs> that's opened up some time. That's slower. Uh, there still seems to be <laughs> a little bit. There does still seem to be a lot of work to do. It's just different work. And mm. honestly, I've never worked so hard to accomplish so little. Um, on a boat, I've been able to walk. I've been able to go outside and enjoy the beauty and honestly, the great fortune of living in Arizona. You know, I think about others who maybe live in New York and really, and really can't do that. Um, I started to take photographs and uh, make little collages of things in my walks. Uh, and it's, and I started to post on social media. So I found that it made, it made the same walk different every day to just be focusing on uh, things that are yellow or cactuses um, your dad and I have been cooking dinner together, <laughs> so that's new. Um, and I actually am surprised. <laughs> I, I thought I might do things that I, things that I always said, gosh, I really would like to have time to do this or that, like paint or play the piano, but I haven't done those at all. And that, somehow that still feels effortful. Like, I don't know if it's requires thought or planning, um, but mostly I've just been going outside and enjoying what are kind of simpler pleasures. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. I actually, I hadn't thought about this right until right now when you're talking about it, but it's like this additional level of stress that maybe we're, we're doing okay with, like we're dealing with it. We're pivoting our lives. We're figuring out the new normal for now and thinking about the future. Um, but yet it's kind of, it weighs on us and it's not like being on vacation, right? I mean, there's, even if you're figuring out how to no, swim through it all. Not. Yeah. You can't just be like, well, I'm going to take up a new hobby. And maybe mm -hmm. you could, but I, for most people I'm talking to, no, people aren't taking up new hobbies mm -hmm. because like you said, there's some effort there that this stress and the overwhelm is still occupying our minds enough that we're not 
as free to maybe do some of those things. We're not, and it's funny, I have said these words to your dad, Stephen, we're not on vacation. Like, this isn't vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like, somehow it feels disrespectful to somehow disregard um, what's going on. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's maybe a topic for a different day, but <laughs> it's not vacation. Yeah. Different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so as you've been kind of processing through all of this, um, you're clearly a leader in your organization, you're a leader in your association. Um, this has been, this is, I mean, if you look at the end of last year or towards this year, this was your year to really step up, to lead, to finally be in this, <laughs> in this place. Um, and, and it turns out maybe you are the leader for such a time as this, but not for such a time as you thought you wanted to be. Um, so what are some of the key yeah. tools or perspectives that you've used to kind of help navigate the state of crisis? Um, maybe that's big picture or maybe that's your daily life. Well, I've definitely tried to educate myself about the health crisis and mm. I've, I'm calmed that my family is take, taking the whole pandemic seriously and that everybody's practicing social distancing. So I'm following the data and I see that areas ahead of us in all of this are experiencing some victories. So that, that gives me some peace of mind. Uh, I have faith that God will protect and provide. Mm. And I hesitate when I say that, and this is probably the most honest statement I'm going to make. I have more faith in my husband's faith. Mm. <laughs> so he is... He has a more powerful faith than I do because mm. it's it has deeper roots uh, and it's been tested more profoundly. So I try to understand what's happening. I try to not become um, upset or go down what we called. I try not to go down any rabbit trails. I try to right. just look at the um, information. Uh, and just try to uh, maintain some some levelness in all of this. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, we're going to talk. We're going to get into talking about your strengths. Um, one of those, the rabbit, the rabbit holes. And this is another professional that I was speaking with. Um, also shares one of your strengths, which is, which is strategic. And I know you're going to share a little bit about that. But what? those rabbit holes are, it's like, it's like the direction that your strategic always wants to go is like, well, I need to figure out, like, if I'm a frog on this side of the pond, there are all these <laughs> lily pads and I need to get to the other side of the pond. Like I'm going to think, think to myself, okay, this lily pad, this lily pad, this lily pad, this lily pad. And like right now, the lily pads are like covered with fog or something. And we can't really see the other end. And so from someone who's <laughs> operating out of a strategic strength, that's a really hard place to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one's not helping me a whole lot at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the role of your strengths as you navigate this challenge. So what are your top five clips okay. strengths? Why don't you share those with us? Oh, one of them is definitely not memory. <laughs> so every time I have to repeat my five strengths, I have to stop and remember what they are. So I know number one is positivity. Uh, number two is achiever, then connectedness, strategic, 
and a ranger. And my husband, Stephen, calls me Miss Positivity, but I'm not sure he means that as a compliment. <laughs> it depends on the context, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, usually, it's usually a joke. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so how has understanding these strengths, how do you feel like it's been helpful in navigating the past few weeks? And maybe you can give us a, a specific example. I definitely, I see my strengths pretty clearly in all of this. And mm. I already mentioned I have never worked so hard to accomplish so little, but <laughs> accomplish something I did. And I recognize it as accomplishment, which, which should say something to you. So I feel satisfied in accomplishing mm. smaller victories today. So mm. my achiever strength is still functioning. <laughs> and in spite of my initial fearfulness that I mentioned, I, I do remain positive, which is mm. my number one strength. And I recognize that others feel better when I communicate in a positive mm. tone. And it's interesting to, to be in a position of leadership over others because if I show fear, they'll be fearful. And so yeah. um, I, I try not to do that. And when I show strength or positivity, mm. I sense that they will also feel that. So I'm honest with my staff and mm. about our common situation and I try to help them remain connected. So I like connectedness. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually why I started engaging in social media. And so today I think of social media as a good way to connect. And last year, perhaps it was a way to speak or shout. You know, I, mm. I, I see some real negatives to social media, uh, but today I, I see it as a way to, uh, a good way to connect. Mm. I always thought of my arranger strength as kind of like flower arranging. Um, so I'm taking things and mm putting them together to be something different than themselves. Like how, do, how can things fit together? And so I see this in small and big ways and arranging my staff is one of the bigger ways, like literally arranging, <laughs> rearranging their workspace uh, oh. so that they had uh, social distancing covered that they didn't have to uh, work in the share the share offices. Nobody's sharing an office. Mm. Um, people are working from home, um, but we all come together. In spite of all that, twice a day, not not physically. Yes, <laughs> we come together on Zoom in the morning. We have a Zoom meeting, and at eleven thirty, we have a um, like a COVID an update. And mm. I think everybody feels connected and grounded um, and they don't feel isolated and it gives everyone a voice. So we actually call it, mm. I call it, going around the room and we go around the room, the Zoom room, wow. uh, and, every, and ask everybody how they are and what are they experiencing and what might they need uh, help with. And um, mm. so we're remaining connected uh, while respecting you know, the social distancing, that's so important. Wow, 
Well, I love that picture of um, of flower arranging. I certainly haven't had never pictured arranger like that, but that <laughs> that is so brilliant. And I think you know what I hear too is that arranger connectedness, like saying like, look, as an individual, you're this, yeah. you're awesome, you're beautiful, but look what we can do when you know as the master flower arranger i'm like oh you'd go good here you'd go good here you'd go good here and like, whoa look what we can do together mm-hmm. as a result of um of coming together in an artistic and smart way um so i love that i love how you're not just saying well that's what i used to do no that's in some ways like your flower pot got blown apart and now you're having to pick up all the pieces and put it back into something that's useful and beautiful and helpful yeah, and it's not necessarily that, you know, you put five flowers together and you get something better. It's that you get something different. Mm. Uh, and so you put four together, you get something different also. And so um, that's how I, that's how Arranger, I think, works for me. Mm. No, I love it. love it. Um, so of your top five strengths, do you have one that you kind of would consider your core strength? I do. I, I actually, when I was thinking about this, um, but there's no doubt that positivity defines me. Mm. Uh, it, it always has. And so that would, that would have to be my core, but it's so, for me, it's so a part of who I am that I feel like it's, it's like a character trait almost like it's hard for me to go. That's a strength because I feel like it's completely fundamental, uh, to who I am. And so I, I think of it in, combination um, with the other. So definitely positivity would be at my core, but the strength that I feel is benefiting me more right now um, is the arranger strength in combination, of course. Um, but I feel like it defines my professional responsibilities right now and you know, other times. Arranger might help me with like care coordination and helping patients beyond uh, their specific orthodontic needs, but, but this is, these are non-patient times for me. So now I'm kind of using it to go to the state and try to advocate for patients and trying to Mm. arrange, if you will, in a, like a more, more macro level, uh, to try and help the quality of care for, for all cleft affected individuals. And always I'm, trying to help everyone in my sphere of life as best I can. And certainly that includes my patients. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it's, it's so interesting to think about like how our strengths can kind of have a, um, have a season where like, so I know you of course, uh, as somebody who uh, you know outside the crisis is like highly strategic and, you know, always thinking of the next move. And yet, like you said, like, hmm, that one's not the one that you're leaning on right now. Um, <laughs> rather, yeah. kind of getting to see some of your other strengths get, strengths get an opportunity to shine or to rise in some ways. Um, right. And But everything you say, I'm just like, oh, that's connectedness. Right. That's connectedness. I, I mean, just like your heart and your core to like help yeah. not only your patients, but their, your staff and all the different elements and parts of their lives. And then being able to layer a ranger on top of that to... Um, to actually make those mm-hmm. things happen, kind of see what needs to happen in the most efficient way or best organized way possible. I think strategic is really hard right now because there are so many variables and every day they're just, they're constantly changing. And so it's yes. really hard 
it's really hard to strategize. And we're really, we're strategizing philosophically. Like, what are we going to do when restrictions are relaxed? Like, how are we going back to work? We're never going back. I shouldn't say that, but we're not going back to 50 patients a day when we're able to go back. So, so we're still, we're still using strategic, but it's, it's like very free flowing. And like I said, it's almost philosophical as opposed to something we can implement at this point. No, that's a really good way of saying that. I hadn't thought of it like that. But yeah, philosophically strategizing versus really being able to strategize, put it into practice, and then bump your achiever right onto it and and start acting on it. That's not a thing. That's not a thing right now. No. No. Um, so I mean, this might be kind of what you're getting at, but I, um, where have you seen an instance where maybe one of your strengths has hindered you in some way, um, throughout this crisis? I've had difficulty with the, um, achiever, Mm. uh, and the strategic right now, because I feel like everything is so circular, but historically, I would say that I think positivity, um, well, it, it's a, I think it's a great benefit to me, and it's been a really good benefit to me in my life. Um, but I think it, it can be perceived wrong, and I think hmm. it can be perceived as the individual maybe doesn't understand the gravity of a situation. Hmm. Like, how can, how can one be positive about coronavirus? Yeah. Or that I don't understand, like, the reality of somebody else's life. And I think it can be misunderstood as hmm. not not having empathy. Um, on the other hand, um, if people see you in that way, they, they often, I think they can easily overlook you. Um, and I think they can underestimate uh, mm. you. And while that's not a good thing, I think that that can have some benefits um, mm. in, uh, in the business world. So I, so I would say that positivity is, uh, is definitely has a two-edged sword to it. Hmm. Uh, what have you done or kind of what do you want to do to help kind of change the way that that talent theme is working for you? Well, I guess I recognize that my achiever checklist could be unattended for the time being. (laughs) What? No, 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 no. (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm going to just check that off the list, Becky. (laughs) Achiever, check. Check. And Honestly, the things I see right now as successful are, are not so measurable. Like you can't check them off. Um, and I need to just have faith that I can go through my day and, um, and check less off. So I think connectedness is less measurable for sure, uh, but it feels, it feels more important to me now. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yes, definitely. I think that thing that you're doing with the the pictures, I feel like that's just really amazing uh, use, a kind of adjusted use of that strength. It's like not only do you see these things, like how all these different pieces of your walk are connected, right? But then you're also then putting that together as an encouragement to other people to say, look what we can see if we just open our eyes, if we just practice noticing what's around us. Um, And then also have a positive thing to be out there in the social media world that we can reflect on instead of some of the doom and gloom or some of the uncertainty that we see, you know, as we scroll through. I think that's, definitely related to this particular time and and mm. i wonder whether i would continue to do that or not no i don't, I don't yeah. know if i will 
I don't know that I won't, but yeah. it's, just, it's definitely something different. It seems right like to be time. seen. Yeah. Well, um, as we wrap up today, um, what encouragement or advice would you give to somebody, maybe another healthcare leader um, who is just kind of feeling overwhelmed right now? What, what, what would you be able to encourage them or, or what tips would you give them? I think just breathe, stop and, and take a breath. There mm. is only so much that we can do. Mm. Um, we can, you know, try to attend to what, what can be attended to. Uh, I think that I would advise anyone really just to reach out to someone, mm. reach out to anybody. Um, I think we literally help ourselves uh, when we reach out and we help others. Mm. So take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think in some ways you can, you can physically feel the stress just like, as I did that, as you said, breathe, I was like, like you can, you can physically feel the stress just kind of like fall off. I mean, it's not like that's all it's going to make everything better. But in that moment, there's definitely something to a deep inhalation that says, yes, okay, we are going to, uh, let's take the next best step right now for, for us. Uh, take a pause and figure out as you're doing, you know, how we can direct our attention towards helping other people instead of just fussing over ourselves. <laughs> right. I also think when we, we stop, we breathe, we take a breath, we, we don't think <laughs> like, mm. like we, maybe we listen. Um, but there's, there's just so much going on that I think we're, we're on overload, yeah. you know, we're on overload. There's so much going on that is out of our control. Uh, we're on overload. So I think stop, stop and breathe is what I would recommend. Yeah. yeah. And we can control that, you know, as much as I think that there's things that are out of control. A breath is something that is only within our own control and entirely within our own control. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so let's do it. Let's maybe we should have like a big breathing circuit session or a big yoga session together, like a, a zoom, separate zoom, <laughs> a zoom session or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Patricia, uh, Dr. Beals for doing this, uh, by sharing who you are showing up and, and just sharing the reality of what it looks like as a healthcare leader and all the different pieces that you're, um, having to manage and the way that you're still trying to serve your patient population and such uncertainty where then every next big move is unknown. Um, and where you're showing, you know, it's not just the impact on you and your patients, but on your team as well. And people who are employed there and, and have dedicated their lives to serving patients as well. So uh, thank you for sharing your perspective and this tool that we have of being able to, um, to lean into our strengths more to kind of bring intentionality to the things that are great and wonderful about you. And, and that, that sometimes we need to turn some of those things down in a time like this. And sometimes some of them have an opportunity to shine. So Thanks for sharing all that with us. And um, I know that sure. everyone will be encouraged. It's been my pleasure. And, um, you know, if even one person mm. feels better, then, then I think it was, uh, it was definitely worth the time. And I appreciate you 
taking the time with me as well. Of course. Stay well. All right. Thanks. Bye. As a fellow achiever, I keep laughing about Dr. Beale's reflection that she has never worked so hard to accomplish so little. Uh, that's positivity at work in her life for sure. The ability to laugh and keep it light, even in the most serious of environments like the healthcare field. I also keep thinking about what an effective leader Dr. Beals is, that she's being to her team in her own strengths like connectedness and positivity as she keeps them connected with each other by scheduling in time to share non-work updates to keep them humid and engaged with each other. To get to know more about Dr. Patricia Beals, you can find her as the director of the Barrow Cleft and Craniofacial Center at Dignity Health. And her Twitter feed is nothing but positive as she shares those beautiful collages that we were chatting about. Her Twitter handle is PatriciaBeals3. We'll post both of those links in the show notes at isogostrong.com as well. In the coming few episodes, we are going to wrap up this series with some more amazing business owners, leaders, and friends as they share their perspective and stories about living through strengths in crisis. If we're not already connected, I would love to connect with you over on Instagram or on LinkedIn, where we can continue the conversation around strengths in families and in healthcare teams in this crisis period and even beyond. On Instagram, you can find me at isogostrong and on LinkedIn, I'm myself, Becky Hammond. Also, let's talk about your strengths for a quick second before we sign off. If you don't know your top five Clifton strengths from the Strengths Finder yet, or if you know them, but you haven't done too much to really get into them yet, you have so much room to explore. And then like our guests in this series, through knowing and living into your strengths, you can experience the insight and have the tools in crisis too. And if you're nodding along right now, then awesome. I'd love to help give you a jump start as your virtual coach. It's super easy to start. And since you're here today, I'd love to give you $5 off the Strength Startup Virtual Coach Kickstarter. That makes it under 20 bucks. In this email coaching series for me, you'll get insights into your talents and strengths, as well as some action that you can take to make relationships easier around you in stress and beyond. So if you go over to isogostrong.com slash strengths startup, you can check it out. There are two options there. One, if you already know your top five strengths and then one, if you have yet to discover them. So you can choose the track that is best for you. I'd love to get to know you and your strengths. So be sure to use the code though, virtualcoach5 for $5 off. That's virtualcoach5 for $5 off. You and your strengths have the power to make a ripple effect in your family, on your team, and ultimately across the entire world. We can feel that now more than ever. The world needs your strengths. So learn them, love them, and live them in your own circles of influence. Until next time on Isogo TV.